there's a longing I've had for a while that this would be a house of prayer, okay? Not just, well, well we do pray and so on. The day of prayer that we're having um, in, the, in January uh, is so important. And it's not really just to have, all oh, one day of prayer a year. We want to make it an annual event. We had a day of prayer way back uh, before the pandemic, 2019. That was a great day. Um, but we want to do more than just have a day of prayer. We want this to be a house of prayer. And that's, that's so vital. Um, and, you know, these meetings in the gathering, I think there should be a lot more prayer. But there has to be a hunger. There has to be an appetite for prayer, not just, oh, Lord, thank you, Bill's preaching was wonderful, which, you know, it's good to hear. But really, it's about coming into the throne room, gathering round the throne. Uh, that's, that's very much part of, of this. If you read think Revelation, I think it's chapter 14, it speaks about a great multitude around the throne and living fountains. And every one of us should be a living fountain. Uh, and, and every one of us should be a house of prayer. The Bible says we are the house of God. Now, corporately that's so, but you individually are also a house of God, a place where God dwells. Man, the dwelling place of God. I love preaching that. Uh, and of course, if you're the house of God, then you should be a house of prayer for all peoples, all nations. So anyway, that's not my specific message today, but in a sense it is. Remember next week, of course, Charlotte is coming to minister to us. I don't know if you shared that, but um, so next week you get a break from my preaching. Uh, so praise the Lord for that. Um, and I get to have a, a day off. But what I want to speak about today, I want to say this. I want to speak about Britain at the crossroads. Because that's where we are. We've mentioned it. Agnes mentioned it. Sister Pearl mentioned it in her prayer. We're, we're at a crisis point in the nation. And, you know, we could talk a lot about stuff, but let's address that. Because there, there are two things you have to realize about that. One is... What is the actual problem? Uh, you know, a lot of people would, would come up with economic reasons or political reasons or, you know, so, socioeconomic or whatever. But the Bible tells us the problem of the nation and it tells us the solution. That's number two. What's the solution? So the Bible knows what the problem is. The Bible identifies the problem and the Bible identifies the solution. God does not keep us waiting. He does not also keep us in limbo or in the dark. He reveals very clearly the problem is, is that people don't want to hear it. And that's, that's the real issue, okay? So, well, if we just switch prime ministers, we've had four chancellors since July and might even have a fifth one when the new guy gets in. We've had three home secretaries. We, we've had two prime ministers. Uh, we're maybe going to get either a third prime minister or the old guy's coming back. It's all in the natural. Amen. But let's look what God's word has to say about this. And before we do that, we need to realize the governance of nations is the business of every Christian. The governance of nations is the province of the believer. We need to understand that God has not left it up to chance. He's not left it up to so-called democracy or the democratic process, uh, and it's just a case of, well, I'll just have to endorse whoever they vote in. Friends, that's not so. The Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. And we need to start understanding that and start flowing from that place, understanding that it's our job to, to pray until the kingdom kicks in. It's our job to pray until there is alignment with the systems of men with the kingdom of God. Now that might not happen overnight, okay? Uh, it just might not happen overnight. Yeah, I see people already picking their prime minister and it's like, well, I, I, I prefer him, so let's pray that guy in. Friends, that's not, the, that's not what we do, okay? We do pray the choice of God. But here's the problem. If you say, well, make your choice, the Lord, and the barrel's full of bad apples, then he's just going to have to pick the best of the bad apples, the least corrupt. Amen? So we're not leaving him with much of a choice. Now, I thank God there are prophetic voices that I've been listening to 
uh, for a while now, saying the same thing that I'm, I concur with, and we've been preaching this for years. The system has to fail. Politics is the counterfeit of the kingdom. So the political system we have uh, is built on a foundation of sand. Oh, well, you know, if the Tories come in, they'll do this. If the, I remember my dad years ago as a boy telling me, this is what happens, is that Labour gets in, they make a mess of the economy, they run up all the debt, and the Tories come in and fix it, and then people vote Labour back in. Then the Tories come in again. And I have not seen anything in my very short uh, you know, years of living. I know that's how it looks, but it's not so. Friends, I've not seen anything that's made me doubt what my dad says. He's completely right. But we can't keep having that. We can't keep having the party system because the party system is flawed at best and actually corrupt, evil, and wicked at worst. And I believe we've got to a place because the political system attracts people who are in it for themselves, self-seekers. And we need people that God raises up to lead our nation. Amen. He did it. He's done it before in history. Um, you know, Moses wasn't elected. Neither was Joshua. Not by the people, but by the Lord. So let's turn to Psalm 2, and we're going to look at a few things this morning. Now, I want to understand before we look at this that um, it's actually accepted tradition uh, among uh, the rabbis, that Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 apparently were read out together. They were read out as a unit, a one-unit thing, which, as I've shared before, is a wee bit unusual because Psalm 1 is about personal devotion and Psalm 2 is about the national stage and the global stage. Okay, and there's a very clear implication here if you read both together and understand this one dynamic before we read, we read Psalm 2. God's purpose in the earth for the believer, for the Christian, is that every one of us has an impact upon the nations. Your prayers, your presence, what you carry, and above all, probably, what you meditate on, what you focus on in life, what you concern yourself with. If you will put God's word in your mouth, then that will not only change you, it will change everything around you. It'll impact your family, it'll impact your community, it'll impact the city, the town you live in, it'll eventually impact your nation and your nations, and sorry, all the nations. So, Psalm 1 is where we start. Blessed is the man who meditates day and night. So if you're not doing that, then you have no part to play or say in Psalm 2, which is about the nations and specifically about our impact upon the nation. We'll look at that. Psalm 2, let's read it. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Okay, in other words, why are people, why are the nations in such a mess or they're in such a tumult? Is anybody going to argue today that the nations are not in that place today? Look at uh, Russia, Ukraine. You, it's, it's mainstream media now talking about what to do in a nuclear war. And if it's unchecked and God does not intervene and the prayers of the saints do not prevail, and in fact, you have to ask yourself that are the prayers of the saints, if you go and read Revelation chapter 8, it could change your whole thinking. Because it says in Revelation chapter 8 that uh, in heaven, they take the prayers of the saints and put them in a bowl mixed with incense and they come out as judgments on the earth. And those judgments are scary. So you think, well, I'm just praying, Lord. <laughs> if you're praying accurately, you're actually going to contribute to the judgment. And a lot of us don't want that judgment. We don't want judgments in the earth. We want blessing and we want revival. And there's nothing wrong with that. But friends, consider this. What if the two come together? And what if it's necessary for the judgments to be poured out in order that the blessings, that the revival... Because let me tell you, the folks out there in that street are not running through that door today saying, there's going to be a nuclear war. We need the Lord. Let me tell you, the minute the first bomb lands, they'll be running in here. So 
it's not about, oh, let's, let's pray that there'll be nuclear war so we get more folks in church. But we have to understand. See, a lot of people don't like what's going on. None of us do. All the mess to carry on. And we're going to look at this. But let me just say this to you. There has to be the biggest mess in number 10 before anybody will realize this system's broken. A lot of people just think fix the system by changing the head, changing the, the, the incumbent of number 10. Oh, Boris, Boris, we need to get Boris back and be a bit of stability. Or Rishi, he's got good ideas. Amen? Or Penny Morden, oh, she, you know, she, she's a bit of glamour in number 10. Friends, you don't change the system by changing the person at the head of the system unless that person is handpicked by God, ordained by God, and put in place. And normally, that, right now, that takes a miracle. So we're in a sort of bridging place right now between the way things are and God showing us how terrible they are, how futile they are, how vain they are, to where we, we need to be, which is an anointed group of people running the nation. Why do the nations rage and the people plot or imagine vain things? Well, here's, we, we, here's where a whole bunch of commentators and pundits come in with their reasons. This is why things are happening in Ukraine. You see, you have to understand the, the, the political and sharp because God is about to speak. Verse 2, here's his answer. This is the answer to the question in, in verse 1. This is the answer. Why is Britain in such a terrible condition? Why are the nations in such a, a tumult? Why are the nations raging? Here's the answer. God doesn't even leave it a few verses. He tells us straight in the next verse. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. And in some versions it says they, take, they conspire together. What's the conspiracy? Here it is. Against Yahweh against the Father God, the Lord, and against his anointed, against his son Jesus, saying, here's the reason why the world's in a mess. Here's the reason why Britain's in turmoil. Here's the reason why, no matter who they put in number 10, they're all walking out, abandoning them, walking out in rebellion, not following the leader, not playing the game, all just making... Uh, fund really uh, or mocking or a derisory uh, thing towards people because let me tell you it's, it's you and I that suffer it's the people that suffer isn't it oh I think we'll do this we think we'll do that then mortgage rates shoot up and interest and all the th and prices shoot up oh well you have to you know, we have to blame President Putin no here's the reason folks and I want to tell you this, I'm, just going, I'm not going to go too far. President Putin is the only one that's actually talking about the Lord Jesus. Yeah. I don't hear Joe Biden saying, oh, geez, as Jesus would say. I don't hear it from number 10. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Watch what the kings of the earth are doing. They're saying this, this is a conspiracy. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Question, who's they? Who is he talking about? Us. We believers. Because we have had centuries now, and especially buttressed by the Reformation, by many revivals. I've been reading quite a lot lately about guys like Wilberforce, uh, William Carey, all these giants who colonize nations for the kingdom of God. You know, Wilberforce who says, no, you're not going to have child, child labor. You're not going to have slavery. You're not going to have all these things because they're against God's word. And the man gave his life and eventually saw these things overturned. So these are the cords. These are the restraints. The restraints are very simple. The restraints are God's people saying, this is how it's going to be. You're going to set laws. You're going to make laws based on God's word. And we've had a long, long history in these British Isles of that. 
based on the Old Testament Mosaic Civic Code, um, or based on Christian principles, based on the Spirit of Christ. Amen, which is love and justice towards your fellow man. We've had that. We don't have it now. Because they've changed the laws. Who's changed the laws? The kings of the earth and the rulers. Oh, let's, let's change the laws on gender. Let's change the laws on marriage. Let's change the laws as much as we can because we don't want these Christian people telling us what's right and what's wrong. We'll decide. So they have their meetings, their G7s, G20s, all this. Uh, Bilderberg, all these things. It's not Bilderberg, it's Bilderberg. Amen. And what, what's, what's, what's it all about? Well, the Bible reveals. It's against the Lord. It's against his anointed, which in Greek is antichristos, antichrist. We don't want them telling us their morals anymore. We'll decide what's moral and what's not. And we'll call them hate criminals because they tell us that's not what the Bible says. Well, you're a hate criminal. Not you're quoting the word of God to keep us in line, to put a restraint on us, to keep us in the right path. Thank you. Thank you, church. Thank you, pastor. Thank you, bishop. No, 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 no. It's, you don't have the right to tell us what to do. We'll set our own laws. And the Bible says that's why the nations are in a mess. It's not rocket science. Amen? And you go and, you, you, you go and tell them, this, oh, oh no, we're, we're progressive. We're way past that. You people are old-fashioned, irrelevant in today's world. But they're the ones that have brought us to the brink of nuclear war. They're the ones that have brought us to the place we can't heat our homes or feed our families because their policies will do as they always do. Scripture warns us we will end up in famine. We will end up in a place of destruction. Britain is at the crossroads today because weak, ineffectual, and sometimes downright wicked leaders brought us there. But don't blame them, folks. Don't blame them. Because the responsibility of the governance of nations is only partially in their hands. The ultimate authority, Jesus himself, has delegated that responsibility to you and I. And he's, he gave us the remedy. Prayer is the remedy. Prayer for the nation. If I never preached another word in this place again, I would trade that if you could have a house of prayer. Because the Bible says, and we're going to look at it, that if we pray for our nations, that's what brings the peace, that's what brings the justice, that's what brings the society that we want to live in. And I want to put it to you very simply. If we're not seeing that society, we ain't praying enough. Or we ain't praying accurately. This is not to you know, beat us all down and condemn. This is supposed to challenge us. Amen? To be the people we're called to be. The word ecclesia, the called out ones, but it also has and did have in the ancient world. If you said Ecclesia in the ancient world, that's why when Jesus said it, they were so startled. It meant the governmental assembly, the people who make the decisions, the people who say how things should be run. It's the Ecclesia, folks. We're not here to sing four hymns, have a nice wee sermon, have a nice bacon roll, whatever, and go home. We're here to change things and transform things and disciple the nations and bring them under the rule of King Jesus. That's why we sang about King Jesus this morning. We're in a kingdom, not a democracy. We're in a kingdom, not a republic. There's no republics in heaven. There's no democracy in heaven. There's no elections in heaven. The only people elected in heaven are the elect. Amen? And they didn't elect themselves or each other. The Lord elected them. I know I'm getting a bit Calvinistic here, but you understand? He who is sitting, now here's what God's response is. He doesn't pace up and down, wringing his hands, oh, what's, what are we going to do? What's, oh, my goodness me. Any ideas, Holy Spirit? And you come up with a strategy. No, no, folks. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. 
Think about that. What's God's response to number 10? What's our response? Weeping and wailing, and, and maybe rightly so. Some people are distraught. What's God's response? He's laughing. He's laughing. Why is he laughing? I will mock when your fear comes on you. When your calamity comes. That's, the, that's Lady Wisdom speaking, isn't it? Because he, the one who has wisdom for kings and rulers, but they would have none of my reproof, the Lord says. So I'm laughing. Because this is the harvest of refusing to bow the knee to King Jesus. This is why Boris was drummed out. This is why Liz Truss was hounded out of office. Oh, yes, there were instruments involved, uh, but human instruments. But ultimately, it's because these people choose to try and govern a nation without the aid, strength, wisdom, counsel, ability uh, of Almighty God and his people. So, so, so there comes a full fruition. And that full fruition it really has been the collapse of government in the last few weeks, months. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall hold them in derision. And it's not spitefulness, pettiness. But what the Lord, I believe, is modeling here is that you and I should be laughing. Not with sneering, oh, ha, ha. But laughing with joy, because let me tell you, when the strength of man runs out, that's when the strength of God kicks in. When man is shown to be utterly bereft of ideas, of counsel, of ability, of strength, of wisdom, and it all looks as if it's going to sludge, that's when the Lord steps in, that's when his people step in. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath. He's only laughing for a wee bit. He says, then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Now, a couple of things we understand about that is that first and foremost, the primary <coughs> meaning of that is actually the Davidic throne in the earth. Descendants of David. Okay, David and his descendants. And in fact, the scholars will tell you that Psalm 1 and Psalm 2, it's believed they were written by David. It isn't attributed in Scripture, but it is believed, um, it's the tradition that they were written by David. So David is saying, I'm God's son. And the Bible calls him the firstborn, doesn't it? Psalm 89. So the Davidic throne in the earth. But we all know, and of course, New Testament prophecy bears it out. The ultimate uh, fulfillment of this is the Lord Jesus. So it's messianic. So God is really saying today to the nations, to the kings and rulers, Mr. President, you're not the leader of the free world. Mr. Pope, you're not the leader of humanity. Mr. Putin, you're not the boss. Jesus is. Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. I've got, the position's filled. Thank, thanks for app applying. Thanks for, thanks for trying to take the role. Try to get your sharp elbows to put you to the forefront. Mr. Macron, Mr. Johnson, whoever it is. Thanks for applying. But the position is filled. King of kings. And Lord of Lords, the job is fulfilled. It's filled. The position is filled. I've set my king on my holy hill of Zion. You know, Jesus sits in a higher realm of authority, a higher dimension of power, a higher realm of glory. He rules over all at the right hand of the majesty on high. And then he says, I will declare the decree. See, our problem is, is that this problem will not be solved of the nations. It will not be solved by begging prayers. 
It will not be solved by bawling and squalling. Oh, Lord. We beseech thee, O Lord. That's not going to cut it. There has to be a declaration of a decree. There has to be somebody that stands up in faith and says, this is what the Lord says. You know, it's not about you praying your favorite into number 10. It's not about you praying, oh, this is how Britain should be or how Scotland should be. Uh, Stevie, we, Stevie tells his story way back in the independence referendum that they were having a meeting and we, we Stevie, uh, 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 does not mind me saying it, he's a unionist. He believes the union is the best. But he, he didn't want to foist that on people. So he suggested, and rightly so, it was, he says, why don't we just pray God's will be done in the matter? Yeah? And this woman apparently turned around and says, You've got a demon. Because she was independence. Uh, you're demonic. Imagine telling a man of God, he's demonic, for saying, let's pray thy will be done. Friend, that's, that's, what, that's where people go to. With their own opinion. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll let me tell you. Now, we all have our opinions. But if your opinions don't align with the will of God, you need to change. In fact, your opinions don't count even if they're right. Because the only thing that matters is the will of God. That's why Jesus didn't say, let's pray uh, your kingdom come. He said, no, let's pray uh, as in us. You know, we pray my kingdom come. My will be done. No, he says thy will. God's will be done. Watch this. I will declare a decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me. And the implication is demand of me. Not, not beg of me. In other words, demand it. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Now, of course, that's addressed to, to, to Jesus. The Father is saying to Jesus, the nations are your son, just, just say the words. But here's what I want to show you. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with, with Christ. So if the nations are his inheritance, they're our inheritance. Oh, well, the nations, oh, it's a, there's going to be a great fall. The nations belong to Satan, not according to God's word. Amen. And not according to the decree that comes from the inheritors of the saints in light. The joint heirs with King Jesus. When the Bible speaks about inheritance, it's speaking about what Abraham inherits. And what Jesus inherits because he's the seed of Abraham. And the Bible says in Romans that Abraham is the heir of the world. Oh, the world's a wicked place. Don't you know the world? Oh, no, we don't want that world. Well, we're the heirs. The world is the world system. Yes, amen. We don't, want it. we don't want that. We're no friend of that. We don't want to be a friend of the world system. But the heirs of the world are the seed of Abraham which is Jesus and his brothers and sisters. You and I, friends. So I'm not going to hand the world over to Satan. It don't belong to him. It belongs to my elder brother and my king and my Lord. And because of that, it belongs to me. It belongs to us. I'm not talking about being arrogant. Oh, it's all mine, it's all mine. We're talking about saying, this belongs to the kingdom. These streets belong to the kingdom. This city belongs to the kingdom. This nation belongs to the kingdom. The nations. And the Bible says one day all the nations are going to come and eat the leaves of the tree of life for, for their healing. Nations need healed. People need healed. And we're not just talking about physical healing. We're talking about that which afflicts mankind. Why does it afflict them? Because the kings of the earth and the rulers are in a conspiracy. So that's why we pray.
We don't pray, oh Lord, bless our new prime minister. You know, our dear PM. I, I, I'm reading stuff like that online about Liz Truss. Oh, what a shame. Look what they're doing to this poor wee woman. Oh, our dear PM. Friends, we're not talking about sentiment, sentimentality, mush. We're talking about the purpose of God in the earth. And that's why if you don't cut the mustard, you shouldn't be there. And, and you don't cut the mustard in this game because you don't have the relationship with God through Jesus Christ that gives you the authority in the earth to lead a nation like Moses had, like Joshua had, like David had, like Solomon had in his earlier reign. Ask of me and I will give you the nation of your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Well, I've shared this before and I love doing it, so I'll do it again. The ends of the earth in Scripture don't just mean as far as you can walk or go. The ends of the earth is a specific geographical location which to the ancients they understood it to be the north coastlands of Europe and the British Isles. And the, the, the very ends of the earth in Britain are, are where? Bonnie Scotland, Bonnie Scotland. Amen? Isn't it good to live in the ends of the earth? Isn't it good to know that God has purposed you to live in the ends of the earth? The ends of, see, when I read the ends of the earth for your possession, I read Scotland as the possession of the King of Kings. We are his inheritance. Well, why are we not seeing it all around us? Because we still have a devil roaming about. There's still a spiritual outlaw out there. And that's why Scotland's in a mess. That's why Britain's in a mess. Because the devil knows better than anybody in this room that these British Isles are the dominion, the inheritance, the possession of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why the gospel went from these islands all over. Oh, glory, glory. Shambara Santum. He says, you'll break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. That's chastisement. Oh, we don't want chastisement. Let's pray. We won't, we won't get it. Let's pray somebody will come along. Maybe we can get Boris back. And things can just go back to normal before all this. Friends, we need the chastisement. If you're good old King James Bible lovers, you'll know what it says about those who are not, uh, we don't accept him as father and accept his chastisement. I'll be polite and use the word the legitimate, but the old King James Bible uses a stronger word. And we are not an illegitimate nation or people. If we need chastised, we just stand and say, Lord, we're under your hand. We pray for mercy, but if we need chastisement, we receive it. Amen. I spoke the other day about when, when you were a kid and you got the laying on the hands ministry. Didn't do you any harm, did it? Oh, uh, I'm still in therapy because my mommy smacked my backside. No, friends. If you're in therapy because your mommy smacked your backside, then you, you need that, that devil cast out you. We need the chastisement. We don't want it if we can avert it. You know, if an apology to your mommy or your daddy sufficed, then you didn't say, well, I know you've, I know you've forgiven me, but I'll take, the, I'll take the beating anyway. No, 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 no. It was thank you, Jesus. Amen? But friends, when you needed it, it's when you got it. And when you got it, you needed it. And it was good for you. Amen. And he's talking here really about nations that oppose him. Friends, let's just pray, Father, our nation does not oppose you. Our nation receives. We are the people of God. Now, therefore, and I want to we'll look at this. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Now he's talking to the kings. And let me tell you something right now. If you ever get a chance to stand in front of Nicola Sturgeon or of the next prime minister, um, I, I don't know if it was you that said me, David, other people did. There was a wee meme going round, a wee thing, wee joke going round online during the week. Uh, number 10 Downing Street as a Airbnb. Perfect for short stays. Amen. And we're laughing, it's funny, but 
we, in a sense, we should be weeping as well. But he says there, Now therefore be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges, you nobles, you rulers of the earth. But that word wise, you just read that and you think, Oh, be wise, O kings, yes, 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 amen. But we don't understand what the word means until we look at it in the Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word, uh, the Hebrew word wise. And it's uh, strong as number 87919 for you scholars. But it's the same word in Joshua 1 verse 8. Let's just finish this word and then we'll go turn to that quickly. Be instructed, you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Whoever the next prime minister would be, can you imagine? Serve the Lord with fear. Fear the Lord is your number one step. Do that and then every step will follow and you will govern wisely. Do they do that? No, they don't. Did Liz trust, seek the counsel of the godly? Wish she might have been praying, but was she praying in the right manner? Did Boris? Did Theresa May? Think about it, friends. Kiss the son lest he be angry, you perish in the way, and his wrath is kindled but a little blessed all those who put their trust in him. In other words, don't do the foolish thing and reject the Lord and neglect his counsel. Kiss the Son. Embrace Jesus. Declare Jesus to be Lord over your nation, Mr. or Mrs. Prime Minister. So far, we've only been speaking about Prime Ministers, and I don't know that we'll have time to go into it, but I want to tell you this, just, just, just to, if we don't really get into it time-wise. There are prophecies of a change in our system. Recent prophecies, but there are much older ones. Much older ones that say, the day is coming when we are going to have a sold-out king on the throne of Britain. Sold out to Jesus. A Davidic king. A shepherd king. A king who puts God before everything. And leads the nation back to the Lord. In the midst of the Babylonian system. They're prophetic. In fact, those prophetic words came out of Glasgow. They came out of a particular meeting in a particular group. and Some particular individuals in Glasgow. Prophets of God. From the very early days of Pentecost in the last century, those words came forth. You see, Britain has to go back to being a kingdom again. Not a democracy, not a constitutional this, that, and the next. Friends, we need to be a kingdom again. The problem is not that kings had too much power. Prime ministers do, presidents do. The problem is not in the power that kings had. The problem is that you have to have the right person on the throne. Just like we have to have the right person in 10 Downing Street. Just like we have to have the right person sitting just now as your local councillor. Sitting down in the city chambers. Governmental positions should be filled by people who have been prayed in by the people of God or occupied by the people of God themselves. We're not taking over. We're not starting a militia. We're not handing out rifles here. In fact, the only thing we're handing out is swords. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And until you see that this is a tool for governance of the nations, it'll always just be a, a holy religious book to you. This is a manual for governing society. It's written about kings, by kings, for kings, to kings, and from the King of Kings. This is a manual for kingdom living, not just as individuals, but as societies and nations. You come to Bible college, you'll find that out. We're still enrolling. Book of Joshua, let's, we'll close with this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord of Yahweh spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' assistant, Moses' servant. What did he say? He says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. I don't know that Joshua didn't know that Moses had died. So God wasn't really saying to Moses, eh, to Joshua, did you know that Moses died? He's saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. What he's saying is, you're crossing into a new season. This is a different paradigm. Okay, this is a different realm. You're stepping into another dimension 
There's a line in the sand. When you step over that line, the Moses era is over. The Moses way of leadership is over. Moses' government is finished. You're the man. You're hit, as we used to say. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to this land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, that have I given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Wouldn't you like to hear that if you were the Prime Minister? Because a little every man stood against the last one. I'll resign in and, and the media and everything else. You see, when you're a leader raised up by God, it doesn't matter who opposes you. It doesn't matter what they say. They can't budge you out of the office. Which tells you a lot about the people in the office. The Bible says for the transgression of a land, many are the leaders thereof. If you see a lot of leaders springing up and going down and up and down, you know the land is in transgression. You know that the problem isn't even the office, isn't necessarily even the person in the office. The problem is the land. The problem is that the, the transgression of the land has reached a level no man can rise above it unless the Lord has raised them up. No man will stand before you, Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Good news. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and have good courage. The first time God says it. Be strong and have a good courage. See, what I'm trying to say to you today, what I'm trying to get across to you today is the problem with Britain and the nations is leadership or leaderlessness. So therefore, the solution is the right leaders. And you're going to pray for the right leaders if you take this message to heart. And you might not see the right leader come until you've been through a few duds. So there has to be perseverance. God will just pick the best one. Maybe of a bad bunch until your prayers have reached a place that you are absolutely determined to stand before the throne of God and say, no, we want a, jo a Joseph. We want a Daniel. We want the right leader. Raise up a man. Raise up a woman. Don't just say, like some people are doing, oh, it's a lady. Oh, she'll, she'll be the next iron lady. No. No. If God has raised up an iron lady, then yes. But don't just put labels on people. You know, you, get, you, you hear all these things all the time going off in the other areas. You do, don't you? As a woman, oh, she'll have a Deborah anointing then. She'll be another Esther. Friends, that's all good and well if God has said these things. But don't just put your charismatic labels on what God is doing or not doing. Pray for the real iron lady to stand up. Not just, oh, they voted for a woman, she's got to have to be an iron lady. Friends, come on. Then it says here, look, be strong of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Then again, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law or according to the word of God which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper. Now, watch this. If God says something once, it's of monumental importance. If he'd says something twice, it's off the charts, because that's the law of the double. In other words, if, it, if he says it once, it's so important. If he says it twice, it's of importance you can't imagine. Amen? Now look what he says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. <clears throat> but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. But then you will make you be prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, maybe Joshua was thinking, I'm going to get one of those rods. Moses got a staff. He got a rod. Oh, my goodness. He could do miracles with that rod. Imagine I had a rod behind this pulpit. Then I just said, who needs healed? Come up, sister. Touch the road. Amen. Oh, there's roadworks. You can't get out the street. Boom. I'll make a path in the wilderness for you. Amen. 
Those folks over there give you a I will call a plague of lice upon them. Hands up if you'd like a rod like that. Because if you read Moses' commissioning, God did never say to Moses, the signs and wonders will come when I determine they'll come. The rod was in Moses' hand. And Moses chose. Sometimes God did direct him, oh no, don't shout to me, don't cry out to me, point the rod. But Moses could have done that without God telling him. Amen? You know that thing though, Moses could have said, Pharaoh die. But that wouldn't have been right, would it? But you think of the awesome things the rod did. So Joshua's going, oh my goodness. I've been looking at that rod for years. Oh, glory, glory, I'm getting the rod. Question, Lord. Am I getting Moses' rod? Has it been handed over like a baton? Or, or am I getting my own one? Because I've got some designs in mind. I'd like a nice wee diamond at the top. Moses is an old shepherd rod. I'd like one of those, you know, the kingly scepters. Maybe some diamond encrusted, you know, solid gold, of course, Lord. But I'll, I'll take an old wooden one like Moses, but as long as I can do what Moses did. And God said, Rod, I'll give you the rod. This book of the law. Get it in your mouth. That's the new way of governing. That's the new system for national leaders. If you want to be a success, because what did God say to Joshua? You'll be a success. If the book of the law is in your mouth. What is God saying to Joshua and to every national leader thereafter? If you'll meditate this book, because we've got 66 books. Joshua only had five. He was writing his own from that point. We've got 66 and the Holy Ghost indwelling. I mean, if you thought Joshua was a hot rod, my goodness me, what are we? We're supermen. If. See, let me ask you a question. What is God's qualification for a leader of nations? A man or woman who puts the word of God in their mouth and doesn't let it depart. That standard has never been changed. But here's the thing. Every single Christian is thereby qualified to lead nations if you put the word of God in your mouth. If you're off watching EastEnders and you're reading OK Magazine and, you, and this is gathering dust, you're not qualifying yourself. It's available, but you're not qualifying yourself. That's why you and I have access to the throne room of God and we can walk in and say, Lord, this situation is not, not, not right. We need to pray. We, we need to do something. And the Lord won't say, well, ask me. He'll say, well, what do you propose? Declare the decree. If it's not lining up with the kingdom, declare the decree. The Lord has said that this nation is the inheritance of King Jesus. Declare that and you'll see things align and shift and change if you keep that in your mouth. You want to change a nation? Put God's word in your mouth about a nation, the nation, your nation, the nations. Ask of me. Demand it. And you will see the inheritance because you're a joint heir. You'll see Britain line up. You'll see revival. You'll see transformation. You'll see the right man in number 10. You'll see your king on your throne being a, a Davidic shepherd king. If you put it in your mouth. See, there's a solution right there. There, you put the cords and restraints on. In fact, we might have to get into this next week because Psalm 149 is, is the other side of this. We just don't have time to get into it today. So let's just finish this off. Well, the book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night. But you may observe to your conduct all that is written. And then this phrase, watch, for then you will make you be prosperous. In the Hebrew, that for then you will make you be prosperous, is actually just one Hebrew word, sakal. It's the same Hebrew word in Psalm 2, where it says, be wise. The word wise is the Hebrew word sakal, or sokal. And what he's saying to the kings of the earth is, if you'll only do what I told Joshua to do, you will prosper and have good success in every part of your governance. 
You see the sakal, the, the prosper and have good success. Have good success, okay? You will have good success means you will follow the wisdom of God that proceeds from his mouth. And you will walk in that wisdom if you put it in yours. So what would be your advice to the incumbent of number 10? Get this word in your mouth and you won't be kicked out after 44 days. Or 46 days, whatever it was. When you have a premiership that lasts as long as Brian Clough was leader of Leeds, my manager of Leeds, you know you failed. If you want good success, if you want the wisdom that brings you good success, then Mr. Prime Minister, Mr. City Provost, Mrs. City Provost, whatever, leaders of men, leader of a business, leader of an education department, leader of the school, if you want good success, business owners, civic leaders, if you want good success, kings sitting on thrones, presidents sitting in the offices of power, if you want good success, be wise. In other words, take God's word of wisdom that gives you good success, put it in your mouth, and you will govern the nation effectively, efficiently, and above all, righteously. And that's what Britain needs. Oh, how are we ever going to get this message to them? Not my job. But what I will say is, we'll never get it to them unless you pray it. Let's pray that the wisdom that's in God's word and the wisdom that the Holy Ghost obviously will give, you see, I believe God anoints, or has an anointing, should I say, for every national leader. You know, God has an anointing for Nicola Sturgeon that she could be somebody that you and I love. If she just said, I'll, I'll receive that for me. But when your policies are against the word of God, when your policies are wicked, when your policies lead to destruction and ruin and lure pack prices going through the roof, and that's, that's cause enough, isn't it, for repentance? You understand what I'm saying? Now watch this. This is the other thing. And we'll close with this. I just want to show you this. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Strength and courage are the two things a, need, a leader needs. And that's three times now God said it to Joshua. Three times that God said the same. I mean, where else? In Scripture, will you find that? If it's important, he says it once. If it's of, you know, off the charts importance, he says it twice. How important when God says the same thing three times to a man in the space of a few sentences. Why did he say it to Joshua? We'll close with this. Because God wanted Joshua to embody what the nation needed. They didn't get the promised land for 40 years because they saw giants, the sons of Anak. And they said, we're but grasshoppers in their sight and in our own sight. They were afraid. See, the 12 spies, 10 of them, were full of fear. They didn't have strength. They didn't have good courage. They were rulers of the people, but they, they, were, they were timid. God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So he says to Joshua, you need to be the strong guy. You need to be the brave guy. You need to have good courage, son. Why? Because what you carry, you will impart to others. A leader creates the standard. A leader creates the culture. I need these people, when they get in, they cross the Jordan, not to go, oh my, look at the giants. Let's get back over, because I'm closing up the Jordan behind them. Amen? So when they go over, they need to be like you. They need to be people of strength and good courage, because leaders impart the culture. Lead, what pervades the, pervades the leader pervades the people he leads. Look what happens at the end, but we won't read it all because we need to close here. But at the end, he talks to the leaders, uh, the officers, and what he says? He says, so they answered Joshua, um, 
saying, let me see what verse this is. Verse 16, he's told them they're going over the Jordan. So on. They answered Joshua saying, all that you command us we will do and whatever you send us we will go. Folks, they're picking it up. They're picking up that spirit of conquering that Joshua had. They're picking up what Caleb and Joshua had. You see, before they didn't, they picked up what the ten other spies had, the timidity, timidity, the weakness, the cowardice, the fear. But now they're picking up the two leaders that God endorsed and approved. See, Joshua and Caleb kept their position. They kept their office. In fact, Joshua was promoted. Why? Because they did not have fear. They were the right men to lead Israel. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Watch this. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Succession in leadership has to imply that the, the last leader, the next leader will be as good as or better than the last leader. Not a dud. Not just because it's a woman you call her the, the next iron lady and she's really the, the Play-Doh lady. Amen? Not just because, well, you, you know, you talk like Churchill, you look like Churchill, you act a wee bit like Churchill, you're the next Churchill. Come on. Just as he was with Moses, we need you to be that guy. Now watch this, friends. Look. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. In other words, we're with you all the way. If somebody rises up that's not with you, we're going to kill that guy. That's how much we're with you, Joshua. We'll stone that guy to death. We are 100% behind you. I'll be the first one to throw the stone. Well, leaders need followers, lad, don't they? They do, let's be honest. But that's not the point. Look what they said to him next. Only be strong and have good courage. This is the people talking to Joshua. God said to Joshua at the beginning of this chapter, in this chapter be strong, be courageous. And now the people are saying to him, oh, Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous. What are they, what's happening? It's transferring from the mouth of God into Joshua and then into the people. The people themselves are picking up, you know, we need, to, we need to be fearless. We need to be brave. We need to be strong. We've got Jordan to cross and get into these, let's get into them. Amen? Why? The warrior conquering spirit that God is putting in Joshua from the lips of his, his mouth, Joshua is starting to, oh, ah, yeah. What did God say to Gideon? Gideon hiding, hiding away from the Midianites. Be strong, you mighty man of valor. See, God will speak to what he wants you to be, his destiny in you, even when you're hiding from the enemy. Oh, you're a mighty man. What comes from the mouth of God has to come into us and, when, and, and has to come into national leaders and then be transferred to the people. Not cynicism, not a jaded, you know, cynic, cynical, uh, defeatist attitude, but, you know, if you want a nation to be strong, you have to have a strong leader. And I'm not talking here about human strength, you know, like Napoleon-type strength. We're talking about somebody that's strong in the Lord. The strongest leader there is, is a man or woman who is totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Amen? But knows who they are in Christ. Or knows what their destiny is. You know, we might get through a few Cyrus leaders, a few people that God raises up for a season. But we're going to get shepherd and leadership in this nation of Britain. And it's going to come from the throne and we're going to have prime ministers and foreign ministers and home office, whatever it is, home, home secretaries, where all these people are going to be men and women that God has raised up. That's what we're believing for. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're declaring the decree for. Amen. Britain is at the crossroads. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'll close with this very statement. God deals with a nation, not according to all that's out there, not according to the media, not according to uh, the pollsters, not according to political parties, not according to political activists. God deals with the nation according to his remnant people in that nation. And what the remnant says goes, 
if the remnant is a serious remnant before the throne of God. The Lord bless you.